Welcome in, everybody, to the second episode now of Dolphins Now, presented by VSG. We're going to talk preseason week two. Box score, who's trending up, who kind of really sucks, and more. So take a seat, grab a drink, and let's talk ball. I'm Chris Biotio, and I'll be your host this week, joined by Garrido again right next to me, I wish. How you feeling today? Another day in paradise, my friend. And yes, I wish I was there. However, I'm not. I'm in Texas. Somehow I became a Dolphins fan a long time ago, even though I was born in Houston. Well, it's because I sure as hell won't be a Texans fan and the Oilers were already gone. So that's yeah. a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast. Hope everyone's doing fantastic today. We're back for week two. Not as an exciting game, I would say as the uh, first one um really was hoping that we would pull this win off sanders doinked his field goal at the end of the game kind of like i don't remember his name uh from the bucks did but when he doinked it off to end that game as well so very oh, similar boreat borellis or something like that boragallis borgallis there we go borgallis that's that's what it was yeah. borgallis yeah that's an easy name to remember Anyway, so uh, totally. yeah, uh, welcome back to uh, yet another week of Dolphins Now podcast. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of your favorite team, the Miami Dolphins, bringing you the latest news and up to date information and everything you need to know going into week three of the preseason. I believe we're going to start out with the box score. Yes, yes, we are. And Crispy, if you want to go ahead uh, and get that rolling, let's get right into it. Just a little tidbit. There were a couple of notable players on the opposing team that I just kind of want to take note of. Uh, Kenyon Drake, former Dolphin, running back over there for Las Vegas. He only got three carries for six yards. Didn't look great. But if you don't know who he is, he was part of the Miami Miracle. Go, go look that up. If you don't know what it is, go check it out. Big moment in Miami history. He's also a free agent. He is now a free agent. He got released. So, hey, maybe we see a return. Who knows? Not ruling it out, but uh, I highly doubt it. Uh, moving into the Raiders on defense, Tua Tungvaloa's cousin. I actually don't see his name here. Oh, there he is. Myron. Myron Tongavailoa Amosa, to his cousin, playing on defense for the Raiders, trying to make the team. A little bit of a family rivalry going on there. But enough of that. Let's go ahead and move into our Miami Dolphins statistics. Uh, Tua actually started this game. This is the first in-game live action we've seen from Tua. He went 6 of 8 for 58 yards with an average of 7.3 yards per completion. No touchdowns, no picks. Or a rating of 94.8. Not, not a wow-you type of day. He only had two drives. Um, but he was efficient. Like I said, completed 6 of 8 of his passes. Got a couple of first downs. Got some time under his belt. And after the game, we found out from McDaniel that it wasn't wasn't exactly his goal to just send him out there to go play, but more on that later. Uh, coming up behind him, Teddy Bridgewater 
completed 50% of his passes, 10 for 20 for 119 yards, an average of six yards per completion. He did get sacked once for three yards and a safety. Yeah, definitely that was not. Definitely could have got play. rid of that ball. Um, held on to it too long and uh, just kind of tossed it. Held on to it, it way too long. Got the intentional grounding call and game of safety. Bad play. Now, I, I will say that whoever was rushing him on defense, dude came flying out of nowhere. Not not the initial guy with pressure off the edge. There was like a middle linebacker or somebody that came just flying in. I mean, he has some speed. Made up some pretty good ground there. And probably took Teddy by surprise there. But then filling out our quarterback room, we got Skylar Thompson. Went out and completed 90% of his passes. 9 of 10 for 129 yards. An average completion uh, yards of 12.9 yards. I almost said percent. 12.9 yards per completion on average. That is a hell of a high number. Got one touchdown, no picks, didn't get sacked. Rating of 152.1. Dude looked great out there. Now again, just because he looked great doesn't mean that he's coming for that quarterback one job. Right, Skyler was out there against third and fourth stringers. Guys that, if they don't make this roster aren't likely going on to another team or aren't likely going on to the practice squad and they're going to end up working you know somewhere in some regular day job no no offense to them but you've got to look at the competition when you're evaluating talent Skylar Thompson is definitely a lock in on the roster that yes. Miami's going into the lead, or into the uh, season with three quarterbacks I think it's going to happen and I think Skyler is definitely part of that. I don't see Miami letting him walk away or getting poached by anybody. And I, I can pretty much say that's 100% guaranteed. I would be very shocked if they traded, traded away Teddy Bridgewater just because of the veteran leadership that he brings to the table. However... Sure, but you've got veteran leadership in, uh, in our quarterbacks coach. You do. Um, I, I just, I just think that we, you know, Miami paid Teddy Bridgewater to come in and be Tua's backup, and I don't think that they're going to go away from that, even with the with the emergence of Skylar Thompson. While he does and has made some incredible plays, one thing I I wasn't going to dive into quite yet, but when Tua did play in the in the couple drives that he did, you could see him kind of whipping his head around left to right. Re, you know, making his reads, going through his progressions, taking the check down if needed. If not, he did have a couple of strikes down the middle of the field, one to Sherfield in particular that I really liked. Yep. If you if you watch closely to Skylar Thompson, while yes, he does make, you know, you'll see him make a read. You'll see him, you know, make some incredible throws. But, you know, he's he's out there, you know, playing super loose. You know, call for what it is. You're right. Third, fourth string players, third, fourth string defense. Teddy Bridgewater has a lot of experience. Skyler, while he has a very good raw talent, it's still very raw. It's going to take some uh, an, an excess amount of coaching, and I think that there definitely is something in Skyler Thompson because the way that he's played has been the best quarterback play in the preseason as far as I'm concerned out of any team. 
any team's quarterback, in my opinion. Um, so I think that he definitely is going to take Teddy's spot at some point throughout the year if Teddy struggles, if he is playing somehow, Teddy that is. And by next year, I think that Skyler could potentially take that job. But believe it or not, I, I do think that Miami goes into the year with three QBs. I think Skyler will stay at third. I don't see them trading Teddy. And that's kind of where I'm that's where I'm sitting at on that. Um, yeah, so. I, I'm not necessarily saying that Teddy will get traded, but I don't I don't see them going out and trading him just to trade him just to give Skyler that backup spot and get some of that cap off the uh, off the record. I think the only way that Teddy gets traded is if another quarterback goes down somewhere in the league and they are willing, that team is willing to give up a decent, you know, draft pick. Yeah, or if Miami had, you know, a spot elsewhere in a different position that they needed that roster spot for and it kind of pushed the envelope on them having to get rid of one of the QBs. I could see the Dolphins possibly moving Teddy Bridgewater from there because you wouldn't want yeah. to release a prospect in Skylar Thompson when you already know what you have with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. There's a lower ceiling there, obviously, with Teddy. So in the rare case that we do need that roster spot for a different position, that could lead to him being traded. But I do agree. I do tend to agree with you. I, I think uh, I think he's fine. And then, yeah, if there is a, a big need for a QB and a team is willing to give a little bit more than what you know we would hope for for Teddy, I definitely see Miami moving him. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. I could see him moving but, Teddy for like, yeah. Maybe a fourth or a fifth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A fourth next year, maybe a fifth this year. Something yeah. like that. But man, if you're hey, if you're a Dolphins fan, I've been reading Twitter a lot, and if you're a Dolphins fan, you, you, you I, I think I saw like 20, 30 posts today saying Skylar QB1, Skylar QB1. Yeah. You guys need to relax. Yeah, this is preseason football. Mason Rudolph has is, um, uh, impressive numbers the other night. Are we going to, are we going to, book mason rudolph as a starter in this league all over again probably not so you know let the kid grow up i mean obviously he's he's very mature so i don't mean that literally i just mean it like let him develop his his craft and give him some time behind teddy behind tua and we could potentially have a great prospect there but let it let it let it sit there for what it is don't always have to be so dramatic about everything just, oh, definitely something I've been noticing lately with the, uh, <clears throat> the the Miami fans. Very passionate, very passionate indeed. Yes, yes. So that's covering our quarterback room. We'll, we'll uh, we won't spend any more time on that. We'll move on to our rushing, which did look a little bit better this week, but again, it's preseason. Everything's super vanilla, and we're not going to be putting everything out there on tape that we're going to be doing in the regular season. It just be giving the other teams, the other 31 teams in the NFL, a competitive advantage, putting our stuff out there before they're putting their stuff out there. So keep in mind, still a very vanilla, very basic rushing attack. There's nothing special going on. There's no pre-step motions and no, no sending a fullback up the middle to block for them. And, you know, just keep that in mind. We did get our first we glimpse of, Cha of uh, uh, Chase Edmonds. Yes, we did. In this game. I did like what I saw from Chase Edmonds. And yeah, didn't didn't yeah. run very much, but was definitely a good factor in the receiving game, which we will come to. Absolutely. Leading our running back room with five carries, 
for 20 yards, averaging 4 yards a carry. We have Savon Ahmed had a long of 12 yards. So again, that's then 4 carries for 8 yards. Not great. Right, Miles Gaskin, 4 carries for 12 yards, averaged 3 yards a carry, but had a long of 4. That seems pretty right on with the average there. So, you know, maybe Miles Gaskin is uh, running back one. Zaquandre White, one carry for four yards uh, and a touchdown. Receiving. We'll get there. Uh, Chase Edmonds, three carries for three yards. Skylar Thompson, two carries for one yard. Sony Michelle, two carries for zero yards. And Braylon Sanders got a carry for th negative three yards. So yeah. on the night, 18 carries for 37 yards, averaging 2.1 a carry. That's a little questionable. But again, preface it, it's preseason. Got anything to add there, G? Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I agree with you and, you know, we haven't had, you know, our O-line come in and play together quite yet. However, they are in training, you know, they have in camp and in practice. It's important to remember yes. that yes, the offense will be vanilla as, as well as our defense. Josh Boyer even had a, he was even interviewed recently and he even said it himself that there were plenty of times where the defense could have adjusted to a certain play, but it's just not really done in preseason football. On both sides yeah, of the no football. Point. Yeah, there's just no point. You're, you're not going to expose the way that you craft your defense to adjust to offenses in the preseason game that's insignificant and giving other teams an edge on, you know, on tape that may show something that, you, uh, that you're working on. So, no, I'm not concerned about the running game. I'm very glad that our first game is against New England in week one yes. just because they're not necessarily, a, a, you know, a top tier run stopping defense. So I think you just stay patient with it and we'll wait for our running back room to get sorted out. And I'm confident that with the starting O line with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and company, I think that we'll be just fine running the football. We know Mike McDaniels needs to run the ball to have success. And I don't see Mike McDaniel failing at his primary goal. It doesn't seem very Mike McDaniels like. So yeah, I, I don't, I'm not I worried. Not worried. I agree. Moving on to the receiving room. Leading our receivers, having a huge breakout game. Eric Easy E. Azukanma. Future Six number three receiver yes. in yes. Eric. Future Ezukanma. number three. Yes. Great receiver. Elite ball skills. I mean, dude, dude is just dumping on anybody that tries to cover him now again preface it he played with skyler going against third and fourth string players so don't get too hyped up don't get your panties in a wad but he's definitely looking like he's uh he's getting up there as one of the guys and, and the neat anyway. thing the neat thing about that comment in itself is yes while he is going up against probably a cornerback that probably won't see very much time in the actual in an actual game I'm not really looking at what he did as the player he's going against because it's not like he, you know, made a cut and was wide open and straight down the field and scored. We're, we're exactly. talking a, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it was a bad throw by Skyler. It, it was underthrown to yeah. Eric. 
It wasn't a planned back shoulder. It was just a bad throw. It was short. And Eric turned around, adjusted the ball, and made a ridiculous one-handed catch while falling down. I mean, through the through the DB. Through the DB. I mean, it was a phenomenal catch that showed a tremendous amount of awareness, amount of focus, the ability to adjust to a football that's that's that far down the field is like a 45 to 50 yard throw. I mean, those are things you cannot coach. You cannot coach what he put on display in that preseason game. And it's not one cut and you're open. This is contested big time catches by a receiver who is going to be a the third receiver on this roster by week five. I promise you. It's going to be very clear. This guy can ball, and I'm excited to see him play. I I, I was already talking about him in the last podcast, and I will continue uh, to really be uh, riding the the wagon on, on Mr. Eric over there. So very pleased for this last game. I was hyped watching him play. Very exciting player. Yep, I agree. Moving into his stats, he had six receptions on nine targets, 114 yards, no touchdowns, and a long of 34 yards big plays this man eats up chunk yardage for dinner that's what he does braylon sanders three catches on five targets for 40 yards no touchdowns a long of 28 river craycraft two catches on two targets for 32 yards a long of 20 mike gesicki three catches on six targets for 27 yards 16 of the long no touchdowns no touchdowns, pardon me. Preston Williams, three catches for 22 yards on three targets. No touchdowns, a long of nine yards. Nothing huge there. Uh, Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. Two receptions on two targets, 21 yards. No touchdowns, a long of 17 and a big third down conversion with a broken tackle, I might add. Zaquandre White, big one here. One catch on one target for 19 yards, broke a tackle, and got to the end zone. Touchdown. Big game. Big game for him. Do you know who the uh, celebration was paying homage to? Who's that? Antonio Brown. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Three dudes in the back. Yeah, yeah. Put uh-huh. this shit on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Let's see, Trent Sherfield, one catch on one target for 16 yards. Durham Smythe, one for one for 10. Hunter Long, one for one for eight. Mohamed Sanu, none, no catches on one target. Miles Gaskin, one catch on two targets for no yards. Lynn Bowden, no catches on one target. Now that, granted, it was a hard grab to get. He's going to the ground, trying to scoop it out of the ground, essentially. Uh, low throw from from Skyler, kind of a late throw from Skyler, if I'm honest. Um, but still, hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. You got to catch those. Yeah. And then Savan Ahmed, one catch for negative three yards, got caught in the backfield. Just wasn't great. Moving into fumbles, we did have a little bit of a, a little bit of a scare. This game, we had a couple of fumbles. Miles Gaskin fumbled and lost that fumble. Michael Dieter fumbled, didn't lose it. Skylar Thompson fumbled, didn't lose it, but recovered it. And Zaquandre White recovered Dieter's fumble. 
Yeah, both Dieter and Skylar Thompson's fumble were Dieter's fault. And yes. Gaskin got absolutely blown up. So he did fumble, but my goodness, I mean, it was a great hit. I think it was like helmet to the football kind of hit. Um, yep. So, yep. Uh, yeah, lots of, lots of, lots of, a couple of fumbles. I wouldn't say there's anything crazy. Like the, the Gaskin one was, I'm not shocked he fumbled it, but the, but the Dieter snaps, man, I, I, don't get me started with Connor Williams and Dieter. What's, I don't know what's going on at center, but we really got to figure out the snapping situation right now. Um, yeah. It's causing me a little bit of concern. And even when I watched Connor Williams snapping to a, uh, a lot of the snaps were up by the head area and you don't want to snap that high. It's just another thing that Tua is going to be having to think about while he's already trying to read the defense, make his reads. Yep. You go through his progression. There's so many moving parts as a QB. And, you know, identifying the blitzers, the mic, the will, the, you know, all those different things that he's doing back there. And then at the end of it all, he's having a football fly at his eyes. You know, it's just it's just something that we really need to sort out. And I'm if I had any concern with the O-line, that's probably the biggest concern right now because I've seen it consistently be bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just it adds another millisecond to what he's trying to operate in the backfield, where a millisecond can be the difference between a completed big pass and a and a sack. Absolutely. So it's something that has to be gotten under control. We have to understand why it's happening and fix it, because it's unacceptable. Uh, moving on to defense. Defense looked decent. Decent. I'll just say that, decent. Uh, I'm not going to go through everybody here. Uh, solo tackles leading the team. We have Channing Tyndall with four solo tackles. Also leading the team in total tackles, Channing Tyndall with six. No sacks, no tackles for loss. Porter Gustin, five total tackles, three solo, and a sack and a tackle for loss. Big day for him. Also had a QB hit registered. Uh, moving into it, Ben Stilley had a sack and a tackle for loss and two registered quarterback hits. Yeah, he's making this team. Yeah. Cater Kohu, three tackles, uh, two solo tackles, no sacks, no tackles for loss, but a good pass breakup. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle with a tackle for loss, big tackle for loss. And two QB hits registered. You got uh, Zach Sealer and John Jenkins, both with one QB hit registered. Also, Owen Carney. Zach Sealer and Owen Carney, both one QB hit, one sack, one tackle for loss. Decent days for them on defense. Mackenzie Alexander, a great pass breakup. He looked a little shaky when you first put him in the game, but uh, he he really settled in pretty quick, and uh, and started to lock some guys up. And then Nick Needham, Nick, bit of bad news, but I'll save that for G to break in a little bit. Uh, two pass breakups on the night. He was looking good. Uh, no interceptions on the night, though. There were quite a few near interceptions, tip balls that that should have been. Uh, should have been ended up picked off. One by Needham, I think one by Kohu. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. went back to return a couple punts. Two punts to be exact, 21 yards. Long of 16, Preston Williams returned one for four yards. So it looks looking like Preston Williams is not going to be our punt returner. If Lynn Bowden makes the team, 
Lynn Bowden will likely return our punts. And uh, kick returns, nobody returned to kick. Everything went into the end zone. Touchback. No Miami kick returns. That's a little weird to see. Uh, kicking Jason Sanders was near perfect. Did very well on the night. Two for three. A long of 57 made his only extra point for a total of seven points. Coming out and punting, both Thomas Morstead and Sterling Hoffertcher both had one punt each. Thomas Morstead for 43 yards and dumped it inside the 20. Sterling Hoffertcher only punted for 28 yards and did not have it go touchback or inside the 20. So for what that's worth, we can see which punter we're, uh, we're keeping on the roster. It's going to be Morstead. Yeah. Yeah. But that uh, that concludes our genuine look at the box score. Yeah, we'll we'll just quickly get through the injuries. Not meant, not really much to talk about there. Nick Needham did get out, uh, leave the game. I believe it was in the second quarter. Uh, looked like a finger or wrist uh, injury. Uh, since then, it looked like they were trying to pop his finger back into place. So it could be a finger dislocation. It'll bother him for a couple of weeks, but. Yeah, for what it's worth, McDaniel's did come in his bad. yeah he he in his presser he did say that or I think it was the next day he was interviewing he did mention that Nick Needham is good to go Keon Crossen's good to go there's no long term injuries or anything that's um you know there's no issues in, in those players going forward we should be good nothing to go. serious they should be yeah. ready for week one correct uh, also Mackenzie Alexander did take a knee at some point um, believe he just had cramps so that's uh, you know, and and to kind of piggyback off the slow start for Mackenzie Alexander. Yeah, when you're sitting at home, not doing anything, you do, you get thrown into a preseason game. Uh, I thought yeah. he looked fantastic, uh, considering all that. And yeah, he, you know, you will probably have some cramps in your hammies whenever you do that. Yep. So, uh, other than that, oh, yeah, um, there were no other injuries uh, during the game. So overall, still a relatively clean. Game. clean. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully main uh, continue to, to keep that trend and going and that being said we're going to go on and move forward thank you chris before the box score and Woo. now we're going to go to our game mvp no shocker here guys it's skylar thompson again i'm going the second week in a row and i think this time i may have crispy support on this because we didn't have lbj going off in this one uh it, it was clear it's easy it's not a debate. While I almost may want to give it to the rookie, I, I just have to give it to Skyler because this guy came in and the game was stale. Teddy Bridgewater has, hadn't been moving the ball at all. And he comes in and just starts throwing these dots all over the field, converting multiple third downs, making big time throws into small windows. He was letting it fly. Like Dan Marino said that, you know, Tua kept saying that Dan Marino's favorite, favorite, favorite line pick a guy and let it fly. That's exactly what Skyler was doing playing offense and it's it's just so fun to watch. And he he has a he has a really great set of tools that he's working with. He has a lot of arm strength, he has accuracy. Um he he throws um before the receivers are making their cuts. Like he he's doing a lot of great things. So it's a great sign and he is uh, once again my preseason week 2 MVP. And we will get to see him do it all over again against the Eagles, against the former MVP preseason quarterback, 
Reed Sennett. So big powerhouse matchup there for week three of the preseason. Anything else to add on that, Crispy? No, you hit the nail on the head perfectly. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Skyler MVP, NFL MVP coming up. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about two a little bit uh, here. Um, the only thing that I'll add, I know we, that we kind of touched base on it already. Uh, I love that he was going through his reads, his progressions. So he, he showed good uh, footwork and pocket presence. I can tell that he's been working on that part of his game. If you pay close attention, if and, you know, and some of you listening to this may not know, um, as a quarterback, you want to always maintain great great footwork and the reason why is because you should be ready to throw the ball at any given time uh if you maintain the ability to whip your hips forward and and throw the ball forward you can do that only if your feet are in the right positions and i could tell that tua has been working on that part of his game my goodness the one thing about Tannehill that i that i could not stand was his pocket presence was absolutely horrible couldn't he never shifted inside or outside you know he saw a little bit of tua's Pocket presence, kind of stepping in the pocket, and then he kind of ran off to the left side, and he dumped it down to Chase Edmonds, who got a first down on that very first series that Tua was playing in. So, you know, considering that Coleman was blocking the blind side of Tua's left side, which I wasn't too pleased about, I think Tua did great at going through his progressions, and I look forward to continuing to see him develop. But it was a good sign to see Tua go through his reads. You can see the head with the head action going uh, left to right, back to the left, back to the right. Those are good signs. Uh, you see a lot of QBs in the NFL who pick a target, they lock their eyes, and their heads don't move, and they're not on a swivel. Well, it's because they know who their hot read is. They know who they need and want to go to. And so they stare that person down. And yeah, sometimes it still works. A lot of QBs get away with that. Look at Kyler Murray. Not a, not a study of the game. He literally has said it himself. He doesn't watch film. And then when he re-signed his new deal... <laughs> They're requiring him to spend a certain amount of hours watching film going forward because he he Not never watched film video before. games. Yeah, um, and, and there's a reason behind that. You know, it's it's one thing to be able to throw a football and have the athletic, pure athletic talent to fit the position. It's another thing to be a student of the game and actually read defenses. Y'all, it's it, it's gonna take more time. I mean, it's a brand new, it's a it's, it's another offense for Tua to learn, but it's a great sign that he was out there at 2.30 before the game, and during the game, he looked like he was going through his reads really well. So I am personally very pleased with Tua, and I'm excited to see him in, here in a, in, in a couple weeks. It's almost showtime to go duel it out with, with uh, Mac Jones over there, who apparently is a top 100 player in the NFL. So <laughs> Number 85, or was it 84? Uh, I already erased uh, it from my memory, so I'd rather not even think about it, I'm being honest with you. <laughs> Uh, uh, on another note, yeah, let's 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 flip it upside down, huh? Igbenogany, Noah, <laughs> man, Noah, it's it's not looking good for you, my man. Again, I said it last week. Your age keeps me holding on, but uh, man, I'm I'm right on the edge, jumping off this damn building. I can't take too much more watching Igbo try to try to cover a third string wide receiver. It's not good, and I think. The coaching staff might have realized that he didn't get a whole lot of playing time i didn't notice last night we had cater kohu come up and play a bunch more you know we had little guys like that elijah campbell i believe he's a safety he came up and he played some time there and looked really good while he did it keon crossing another big one came up and just filled the spot 
something that we have yet to see Igbo do. So, just kind of, this is week two now of saying Igbo sucks until he gets better. He either gets better or he's no longer on the team. Whatever happens, we're, we're wishing for the best for him, but uh, maybe that, that doesn't have to be on the Dolphins. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I'm gonna. <laughs> there's not much to add. No, I'm keeping my silence. As I mean, I, there's nothing else I can say. Um, you know, we we hope and we we just sit and we wait for this guy to to turn the corner. Mike McDaniel's has a big decision to make, and I trust his judgment. And we'll go from there. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we were gonna we were gonna talk about the young stud. I feel like we gave him a lot of. Of hoorahs. Do you have anything else to add about Eric's performance there, Crispy? No, not really. Uh, again, future NFL MVP coming. Um, <laughs> a future rookie of the year. It's going to be nuts. I mean, it's interesting if you think about it because, you know, it's it's pretty much the lock, right? You have Tyreek Hill, we have Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson as the top three as of right now. Yep. But my goodness, I... I don't know how long Cedric Wilson will lock in that third that third spot. I, I they could trade it off. Could be more of a rotational role. Yeah, it could. It could. Um, man, I, it's I'm telling you right now. I, I think I think Eric is gonna is gonna get himself into the third spot within the next several weeks. the The good thing about a receiver is there's not as much of a learning curve there. You just gotta know your routes and know your you know, know your adjustments and your re and your hot, your hot your, routes, your landmarks. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. Um, you know, so I, I think it's going to be easier for Eric to get integrated very early on as a rookie, as Jalen Waddle did as a rookie. I'm excited to see this develop on. It's, it's going to be exciting. I'm very, very pumped about it. Oh yeah. I think when it comes to Eric, it's, it's, he's basically a lock for some kind of award this year. It's all just going to depend on whether or not he's given the opportunity to go out and get that award, whether he's given the opportunity to take enough snaps to be noticed by the rest of the league, and whether he's going to be high enough on the depth chart, like we were talking about with Cedric Wilson. Is he going to be high enough there to get a lot of those looks over Tyreek Hill, over Jalen Waddle? over Cedric Wilson. Yeah, he, he may not, he may just not get those kinds of looks because of how open these other guys are. He may not have to get yeah. to his third read. Well, and keep in mind too, is that a lot of McDaniels' offense also doesn't support, you know, more than three receivers. So that's not kind of going for him either. You know, I, I think that the only way that he gets playing time, at least early on, is if you know, there's an injury or something along those lines, but keep in mind that with Mike McDaniels' offense, his scheme, you're, you're looking at double tight end sets with Jasicki and Smythe on the field at the same time. You're looking at power formations with a fullback. I mean, you, you, you're not, you're not going to have, a lot of the times we're going to see Hill and Waddle on either side of the field, and that's it. I don't know if y'all have seen a yeah. lot of what McDaniels does, but that's that's really what he likes to come out in when he's running the football. And he likes to leak Hill and Waddle out of those sets and possibly just take you from the tight end spot. And occasionally a fullback and a running back. You have a lot yep. of different options there of who you want to leak out of those strong packages. But he isn't, we don't, you know, we, Dolphins aren't going to have an offense like we're used to seeing where we're lining up three or four receivers at a time in a shotgun formation. That's not necessarily what our offense is going to be, at least not primarily. 
especially when we're controlling the game and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, to your point, I do agree. It's going to be interesting to see how he can kind of earn that playing time with limited chances, you know, especially with the offense also, but we'll see, you know, it's, there are always injuries, you know, there, you know, and I, and obviously I hope there is not, but there always are. He will have a chance. And when that chance uh, does come upon him, I'm sure he will, he will run with it. Yep. So uh, very excited more. to watch him uh, grow up. <laughs> Let's see if he's a household name for Miami Dolphins fans. And by the end of this year, it'd be interesting. I certainly hope so. Um, certainly I, hoping for the best for the guy. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, w- one quick little tidbit on Zaquandre. Zaquandre White's game out of South Carolina. 23-year-old rookie had a good game. Uh, more, you know, he had a he had one catch with a nice little move on the sideline, ran into the end zone. It, it makes things interesting in the RB room. You know, I I, I know that we have a pretty uh, deep RB room already. I will say that he did he did look he had some flashes in that game where he looked pretty good. And I'm and I'm telling you right now, in week three, you're about to see number 47 probably be the primary back in that game and the reason i say that is because he showed some flashes in week two he had a touchdown on a great run and he made a great move uh he had one run where he was like hit and met in the backfield he like spun off of one guy and made like a a jump cut and was able to get three yards out of something that was like supposed to be a loss of three so you really got like a six yard gain off a horrible blocking run play so there really was uh, two really good plays, in my opinion, from from Zaquandre White. Doing all that with our third string line. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting going forward. Uh, I'm very interested in, in week three to see White play with Skyler along with Eric if he gets some time too. It's going to be an interesting game. I mean, I just love seeing these rookies play to see how everything plays out. Obviously, we still have a couple of cuts to go before, you know, by the time that we're recording this. The Dolphins haven't announced any cuts yet for the five that they have to announce before I believe it's the end of this week or on yes. thursday i think thursday. Um, yeah so so we will probably be seeing some cuts tomorrow and maybe the next day uh haven't heard anything quite yet i uh, obviously have our predictions here on dolphins now podcast but we'll get to that here shortly yeah so Great. i couldn't agree more yeah um not much to cover on the inactives list i mean we know that we did get uh, majority of the starters playing uh, this week. Uh, Toronto Armstead was still out. From uh, According to Mike McDaniels, it's it's really just because he's a veteran and we don't need to risk or play him. There's no... He also did get a workout in before the game. Yes, he did along with Hill as well. Even though he was inactive. Yeah. Now, Hill was active. Yeah, Hill was active. Hill was active. Mm-hmm. He was expected to play. It was a game-time decision that, that uh, McDrip decided you know no there's no point in having you play today so just just chill on the sideline don't worry about playing today and we'll we'll see about next week yep along with waddle as well uh who also got i think he has some back tightness and decided to sit him as well look i'm not mad at any of the decisions there i kind of wish Teron armstead was playing just because if i put my star quarterback out there i am sending my offensive line with him so that's the only qualms that I have for the inactives list. I believe Tanner Connor was inactive. I didn't get much information on why. I know he had a bigger game last week. It yeah. could be because we're going to see him a lot in week three. So maybe uh, Mike McDaniels knew that uh, Gasicki would be playing the whole game like he did 
uh, in week two. And maybe he decided, hey, you know what? Let's just wait for Tanner Connor to play in week three. And I never really heard anything else outside of that. So uh, that's the only takeaways really for the inactives list, I think, for this yeah. week or this past week. Uh, as far as next week goes, look, it can be a couple of things. You know, Tua did have a couple of like a drive stall and, uh, you know, he got a field goal out of one. So I personally would like to see the full offensive line come together with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill and the whole squad at least run a series. Do I think yeah. it's going to happen? Probably not. Do I think it could possibly happen? Eh. I'll give it like a like a 40% chance that maybe it happens. We'll see. Uh, I don't have too much confidence in that. I know I'm all kind of all over the place. I just I, I, I just don't see it happening because just the risk is too high. And I think that McDaniels knows what he has. And I think that's why some of these players don't play. He just knows what he has. And I think it was good for Tua to go out there and actually it's different for a quarterback because you can go out there with, you know, some backups and still get a, you know, get that butterfly feeling out of the way. And preseason yeah. playing a couple of series is going to help with that. So speaking of that, did we go over Tua being on the field extremely early before the game started? I, I did mention that when I was giving Tua, okay. yeah, I was talking about Tua being out there at two thirty, kind of going through his his reads and stuff in the open field. So it's always good to just see, wanted to make sure we hit that note. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to see your quarterback do that. I mean, look, this guy is no doubt in our minds that Tua is a tremendous hard worker. He's going to put all the effort he has into being the best that he can be. Never been in question. So. Definitely happy to see that from Tua. Um, but yeah, as far as predictions for next week, we'll see how it goes. We don't know. I don't know. I was wrong last week. I thought that nobody would play this week. And then throughout the week, I started hearing rumbles that Tua's going to be playing and then it happened. So uh, we'll see. You know, usually the third game, the third week of preseason when there were four games was like the dress rehearsal game where the starters usually play for a half. Um, but teams have kind of gotten away from there and we've also taken a preseason game away. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that crispy, but no, feel free. Okay. No. Oh God. My voice. <laughs> uh, crispy's coming if, off of if, COVID. So yeah, forgive him. And <laughs> my, voice. my voice is kind of taking a dump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So now we're going to move on to our, f uh, prediction for the next five roster cuts. I don't know if we wrote down what our predictions were from last week, but I think so far we're right. I know that we hit enough. I know we hit a couple right on the head. Uh, they literally happened. I was less right than you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, you were very much more right than I was. Yes. I, I think I nailed like three of my five pretty much immediately. Yeah, I think I nailed one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so not a bad start for myself. You know, I'll give myself a pat on the back. I do have a couple more for y'all, but I'm going to let Crispy go first. All right. So as of now, we are sitting at 85 on the active roster. We need to get down to 80. And just looking over the roster right now, looking from bottom, right? We want Mackenzie Alexander to stay. I'd say that's a pretty, pretty big thing. We want him to stay. Uh, moving up to 84, Keon Smith, tackle. He's looked absolutely terrible. I had to censor myself there. Keon Smith, you've looked bad. Really bad. I'm cutting you. Goodbye. Because I really don't... I don't want you to have a whole bunch of snap counts taken from people that need the snap counts in the final preseason game to try to make the roster. 
Sorry, I just don't think you have what it takes. Nothing against you. Maybe you get another shot. Maybe this offense just isn't for you. I don't know. But it's not working here. So I'm dropping Keon Smith. Can we say bye to Keon Smith from the count of three? Yep. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye, Keon, Keon Smith. Smith. Okay. That was, that was a <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, moving up the list, I would not be surprised to see somebody like DeAndre Johnson go. Defensive end, he's 23. Right. I don't know if he was a UDFA pickup for us or what. But I haven't seen a whole lot from him. DeAndre Johnson and, is a undrafted rookie from Miami. Okay. So I haven't seen much. I'm not cutting him. I'm just bringing some attention to him. DeAndre sure sounds Johnson. sounds like you're cutting him. I want to, but I think I'm saving that till after preseason week three. Ah. Uh, trying to improve moving, your record from last week, huh? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> moving up the line. As much as I want to cut Larnell Coleman, I think he's going to stay. Because I think he's started at left tackle both preseason games. And somehow he's survived. So I don't know how. I'm going to skip over him. And watch that. It's going to mean that they're going to cut him. Just, just to spite me. Moving up the list. My number two cut. I cut him last week. I'm going to cut him again this week and hope <laughs> it works. D'Angelo Ross. Man, you're after oh this guy. Oh my God, I am after this man. Nothing against you personally, man. I just, I needed to see you cut last week because of how many damn missed tackles you had and missed pass breakups. You just allowed everything to happen in front of you and you're just kind of sitting there eating your popcorn. I, I need you gone. Sorry. D'Angelo Ross, bye-bye. That's two. Three. I would not be surprised to see Sterling Hoffercher, the other punter. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go and Morstead get a full go preseason week three. Uh, that's cut number three. Moving on up the list. Oh. Man, we're getting a little hard here. Welcome to a little GM's questionable. Life. Uh, yeah, Head it's coach. not looking nice. Um, I think I'm gonna cut Sony Michelle. Mm. I think he gets cut. Looking back at the box score, he right. did not look good. He, um, rushing two carries for zero yards. Yeah, he pretty much just ran to the back of the offensive lineman. Yeah. Two carries for zero yards. And I think last week he had like four carries for negative three or something like that. I don't, I don't, I get it. He's there for veteran leadership. I get it. He's a proven back. And again, he's running behind a very bad offensive line when he's in there. And he's running a very basic vanilla minimal run game. But at the same time, I'm just not seeing it. He doesn't have a history of yards after contact. He doesn't run through people. He doesn't break tackles. He does it every once in a while, but mainly he's that, I'm going to run through the gap, and the minute I feel someone's presence on my back, I'm just going to fall forward. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as much as I respect his game, I don't think it's going to work here. So. Sorry. All right. You got to go. That's four. One more. Sony Michelle, goodbye. And finally, rolling on up the list. Teron Armstead. No. <laughs> God, I, w- I would have to hang up the, the old podcasting mic here. If I ever said Teron Armstead wasn't going to make the team. Yeah, I'd probably hang it up for you. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would hope that if I ever made it take that bad, you'd make me hang shit up. I, I could not live with myself doing that. No, I'm looking at it. I'm in between uh I'm in between Duke Riley and Jordan Scarlett. Mm. I think when I look back at my final 53 prediction, I ended up keeping Duke Riley because he's younger. For no real other reason. Just to try to keep the keep the old roster a little on the younger side, so we're not paying somebody a couple million dollars to be twenty nine in the linebacking core. I mean, it is only a year difference, but for what it's worth, that's what I think it's going to be. So, to recap, Keon Smith, bye bye. Uh, D'Angelo Ross, bye bye. Sterling Hoffrichter, a bye bye. That's three. My fourth was running back. I already forgot his name. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. <laughs> running back Sony Michelle. He was already out of my mental. He was off the fu- he was off the roster already. I mm-hmm. I cut him for the Dolphins. There you go. And finally. Um, oh, there we go. There's Sonny Michelle. I just didn't scroll high. I just didn't scroll high enough. And finally, keeping Duke Riley out of that pair. Jordan Scarlett, you're my fifth cut. All right. Uh, for the record, Duke Riley will make this team. So I'm glad he didn't say Duke Riley. <laughs> uh, all right. He has looked pretty decent. Yeah, he's he's looked good. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these throw these out because I'm that confident. I don't even have much to say about him. First one, D'Angelo Ross. I agree with you. Yeah, I cut him last week he, as well. I'm cutting he him again. Should have gone last week. I don't know why they're keeping him there. Probably because we don't we want to throw some corners out there and them not get hurt. So we're just gonna we need some bodies. I said that last week. I'm gonna say it again. Yep. That may be why D'Angelo Ross is still here. He, he may last another week because we still need bodies for next weekend. So yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I'll, I'll come back to D'Angelo Ross, but uh, I'll put them. I'll put him uh, on there. I'm also putting Quincy Wilson on there as well. Uh, uh, he he as well as a six-year corner from Florida. I'm going to throw him on there as well. Again, though, I'm going to come back to the DBs because I do think that no DBs will be cut this week because we need bodies. Okay. Moving on. Fair enough. 
one that I am going to go ahead and say uh, will likely be cut is Darius Hodge. Really? Yeah, I don't think Darius Hodge has a spot here. I don't know if y'all have seen our linebacker room. We've got a lot. It's pretty loaded. Yeah, we have a lot of linebackers. It's not more so because of Darius Hodge. It's more so because we just have a lot of good quality linebackers right now. We um, just can't carry 10 linebackers. We can't, we can't carry 10 <laughs> linebackers. It's not going to work. Um, you know, DeAndre Johnson, I can agree with you. I, I probably would throw him in there as well, and I'm going to go and go ahead and throw him in there also. So I have DeAndre Johnson and Darius Hodge both being cut. Okay. All right. We're going to move on to... Going down my list here. I am with you on Sterling Hoffertshire. The uh, he had, it really is no reason for him to be on the team. Get him out of here. You go give him a chance to go sign with someone else. Get out of here. I am Maybe also. Maybe the Bills want to pick him up. <laughs> I don't think they need him. <laughs> they uh, just released our old punter Matt Hawk. Yeah, they did because so. they have that Trevor Ariza guy who can punt it like a hundred yards. Matt Ariza. Yeah, whatever. Uh. Verone uh, McKinley the third safety out of Oregon rookie undrafted on the Dolphins. I have him being cut this week. He hasn't done anything. I haven't even seen his name, but like once or twice. I saw him play a couple snaps. I did see him in some game time, but you know I didn't didn't really notice him. I mean, have I given you like five or six? No, because we're not counting uh, the DBs yet. Not including the two DBs. You're at four. Four. All right. And Preston Williams. He is going oh, to be you think traded. He gets cut? He's going to be traded or cut. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to trade him. And the reason I say that is because, look, the Raiders couldn't even trade Kenyon Drake. But you think that we can yeah. trade Preston Williams? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that is a dream, and it's not reality. I think Preston Williams gets cut this week. Cut the guy loose. Let him go try to hopefully get a workout with someone else, and maybe he can have a fresh start elsewhere. He's still only 25. He's been in the league for four years. He has plenty of, of, of tread on the tires. Let him go try to get on another team. Uh, so, yeah, that's so I'm going to have to go and say Preston Williams as well. All right, fair enough. Uh, I think, again, I think the DBs will hang out for another week, and, uh, and then they'll, we'll start to see them trickle after the last preseason game. I will go ahead and throw out there that I don't think Mohamed Sanu will make the team as well. Um, I think that he will be also cut. Yeah. Uh, we saw a, who was a veteran I saw recently get like a, uh, not Kenan Drake, but it was a different one from another team. I remember who it was, but it, it put in perspective, you know, a lot of these guys that we may think, oh, you know, you know, uh, Mohamed Sanu can make the, the wide receiver room. No, he can't. Look, we have Cedric Wilson. We have Jalen Waddell, Trent Sherfield, Braylon Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Eric Ezukanma. River Craycraft, who I don't think will make the team, and Lynn Bowden Jr. There's a lot of receivers. And Mohamed Sanu, unfortunately, is probably going to be victim to that loaded wide receiver room. Yeah. Uh, it, well, I, I could see yeah. them keeping him on. On uh, He wouldn't be eligible for practice squad, would he? No, he wouldn't be eligible for, he wouldn't be eligible for practice squad. Um, but honestly, I, I think that Sanu probably won't find any work in the NFL until there was an injury or something, and then he would he would go to a team. 
I, I just, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Like he's 11 years in the league, 33 years old. He just, he's just not, you know, he's a great veteran. He has good leadership. I just don't think he has a chance to, to make the roster realistically. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But a lot of names, obviously, we're getting close to having to make a, a large amount of cuts. So we're going to see a lot of names yeah. fall off. There's always a couple surprises. So if you're a Dolphins fan, yeah. get ready for a surprise or two because there always is a surprise or two with cuts that maybe you don't even think it may not have crossed your mind. But it can happen and it always does. So we'll see how that plays out. It's yeah. be, Next week, because yep. there's going to be so many more cuts, I'm thinking instead of giving our cut list, we'll give our 53-man roster prediction. Yep, we'll give our final 53 so. roster prediction, and um, and I, I think that we'll, we'll 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 see how close we can get. Who, who's the better GM and, and coach? At least that resembles the Dolphins, the best. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Next week, the Dolphins uh, will right. travel well, to Philadelphia. And take on the Eagles, where the showdown between Reed Sennett and Skylar Thompson, they're going to light up Philadelphia. Two great young QBs. Really, they really are great young QBs. Yes. Um, I'm not even being sarcastic. It's it's, it's legit. It's going to be an oh, exciting... No, no, no sarcasm. Yeah. There. It is, it's going to be exciting week three very, game. Yeah. Very good quarterbacks. Yep. yep. Uh, so, looking forward to week three and... We will circle back over here next week, same time, same place, and we're getting we're getting very close, very, 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 very close to finally September 11th and Week One in Hard Whooping Rock Stadium. Whooping the Patriots' ass! Oh yeah, we're we're coming hard. Ooh, yeah. oh I'm excited. Oh yeah, we're coming hard and we're coming fast, and the Patriots coming to town, and I cannot <laughs> wait. To see the stands full with aqua and orange in the electric crowd of the sold out stadium in Hard Rock. It's going to be an absolute amazing atmosphere. And I cannot freaking wait to watch it from my house because I can't be there, unfortunately. <laughs> if yeah, someone out neither. there is listening to this podcast and you want to fly me out and buy me a ticket, I will, I will gladly, I will gladly attend. I will show up easily. <laughs> no questions asked. But if there's nothing else, that is it for me, me personally at least. Uh, no, it's not it for you because I have a question to lay out. <laughs> okay, all right, hit me with it. Coach of the year, who th- who do you think is going to be coach, coach of the year? Of the year, man, that is a tough one. Not Mike McDaniel. Now, I wanted to say Mike McDaniel since you even nope. said coach of the year. So nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna restrict you from saying Mike McDaniel. because uh, I don't think I think regardless of what he does this year, he's not gonna get the recon, the recognition he deserves. I disagree. I think if Miami wins 13 games this year, Mike McDaniel is a lock for Coach of the Year, and that is my choice. And you will not tell me that I can't pick McDrip. That is my choice. Okay. If the okay. Do- look put 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 this down. If the Dolphins secure a 13 and 3 record. Is that right? 13 and 4? I think it'd be 13 and 4 cuz uh, there's more games. games they added a game or whatever. So, yeah. 13 and 4 record. If the Dolphins achieve 13 and 4, they could potentially win the AFC East. They Dog, could... We're going 15 and 2. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mind went a million different places, but I, I get what you're, I get what you're putting down. So, um, yo, if, if we go 13 and four, Mike McDaniel's is a lock for coach of the year. That's how I feel. He's a brilliant minded coach. He's, he's young and exciting. And if he takes his team to the next level, then that's what it is. And I think he has the potential to be coach of the year. I'm not, I'm not just saying that cause I'm a Dolphins fan. There's people that are looking into the Miami organization from the outside in, and they even see the potential of Mike McDaniels. He's a brilliant mind. I don't see why it can't happen. We have a favorable schedule. It all comes down to this offensive line. It really all comes down to the O-line. Did he fix it? Can he create a run game that we haven't had in Miami since Ricky Williams? Can he finally do something to change the culture in Miami for the whole year and win 13 games? If he does, that's my pick. Coach of the year, Mike McDaniels. Okay. So then... I'm going to add a little something on extra here. Say McDrip gets stuffed for coach of the year. Like he very obviously deserves it. And for whatever reason, he doesn't get it. Who do you think within the other 31 coaches in the league, who do you think takes that crown? If If it had to be somebody. If it's not Mike McDaniels, then I would probably pick uh cliff kingsbury in arizona really yeah they they just they look this team just re-signed kyler murray to a stupid big deal they have all the tools around him that they need a lot of young talent a great defense arizona could have a fantastic year and cliff kingsbury is a big once again young offensive minded coach who brings just this different type of dynamic to the arizona offense and he has Kyler Murray as his human joystick <laughs> to run around in the pocket <laughs> and make ridiculous plays to D hop after he comes back from suspension in week six. I mean, yeah, I think if errors, once again, I'm going off of, I'm going off of, uh, wins, right? Cause, cause at the end of the day, sure. if, you're, if you're winning, then you're in, you're in play for coach of the year. If, if you don't win, you're, you're not, you're not in it. Um, no, exactly. Yeah, so so yeah, I, I think that Arizona has a fantastic year in the NFC. I think that they're going to challenge the the Packers in in the championship, and I think that uh, I think that if they do have that success this year, I, I do I do take Cliff Kingsbury as as being my coach of the year, outside of McTrip. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of Dolphins Now, presented by VSG. Hope you'll join us next week for preseason game three, our final opportunity to see all of our young guys in depth against the Philadelphia Eagles. This has been Chris Audio and Garrido. Till next week, fins up. Ciao, guys. Fins up.